Welcome to SCOTUS Sneak Peek, a legal podcast by Bloomberg Law. I'm Kimberly Robinson, and I'm here today with Jordan Rubin. Hey there, Jordan. Howdy. We are going to summarize the oral arguments at the high court for the week of January 14th. Jordan, can you believe that we're already at the halfway point for oral arguments? I cannot believe it. Well, why don't you kick us off by telling us what the court is going to hear on Monday, January 14th? Sure. So the first case is Thacker against Tennessee Valley Authority. And this first case involves immunity from liability and the TVA, which is a big power utility that's owned by the federal government. One of its power lines dropped into the Tennessee River as two men were participating in a fishing tournament there. Their boat ran into the power line, instantly killing one of them and seriously injuring the other. But the lower court said the TVA is immune from personal injury claims here under an exception that gives the federal government immunity. So the question for the Supreme Court is whether the TVA can take advantage of that same exception. Hmm. Sounds interesting. Yeah. And the second case of the day is a statutory interpretation case, Romini Street against Oracle. And that involves courts awarding costs to winning parties in copyright litigation. The question is whether courts discretion to award, quote unquote, full costs means only taxable costs or all litigation costs. Here, Oracle sued Romini, claiming that Romini infringed Oracle software copyright. Oracle won the case. Afterward, the judge awarded additional tens of millions of dollars to Oracle, including millions in non-taxable costs. So the question here is what costs means under the statute and whether Oracle still needs to bear those non-taxable costs, even though it won the case. And one piece of recent news or more recent news we got in this case is that Justice Alito, who was recused in this case, is no longer recused. And that's presumably because he sold Oracle stock that he had owned previously. Hmm, But of course, we won't know about that until the justices' financial disclosure forms come out. It usually happens, you know, several months from when the actual event happened. So... Right. That's a whole a whole nother a whole nother podcast. Justices, financial disclosures. Well, what about on Tuesday? Tell us what the court is gonna hear first up. Sure. First up on Tuesday is Home Depot against Jackson. That's a class action case. It's a consumer class action alleging misleading sales tactics. And the question is whether the case can stay in state court under a procedural tactic by plaintiffs that's been criticized by class action defense attorneys. Here in this case, a bank brought a debt collection suit against someone in state court for failing to pay for a water treatment system. But that person then countersued against the bank and also included third-party class action claims against Home Depot for misleading consumers about its water treatment system. So then Home Depot wanted to remove the case to federal court under a law that lets defendants do so. But the question for the Supreme Court here is whether Home Depot technically counts as a defendant under the law, given that it's a third-party defendant here. Hmm. Well, the second case that the justices will hear that day is Azar versus Alina Health Systems. Now, the court will be back to an eight-member court for this case, and that's because Justice Brett Kavanaugh wrote the majority opinion when he was still on the D.C. Circuit. Now, this is a challenge to the way that uh, Health and Human Services calculates what's called reimbursement adjustments. Um, These are really payments to hospitals that treat a disproportionately high number of low-income patients. Here, 
HHS changed the way that they calculate this reimbursement adjustment by adding in a new group of folks. And what happened was that, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars um, were kind of taken out of these reimbursement adjustments and, you know, kind of moved around. And so the question here is whether or not when HHS did that, they had to go through the more cumbersome notice and comment or if they could just change it on their own. So that's the question that the eight-member Supreme Court will consider on Tuesday. All right. And so what's happening on the the last argument day of the week on Wednesday? Well, this is a really interesting set of cases. First up is Nick versus Township of Scott. Now, if that sounds familiar to you, that's that's because the case was originally argued during the first week of October. Okay, Um, good. I just want to make sure that I wasn't misremembering that. Okay. Yep. And it would happen right before Justice Kavanaugh actually made it onto the court. So the court was sitting with an eight-member court. So this is yet another case in which the justices are asked to overturn precedent. Here, the precedent is from 1985 in a takings matter. And uh, in, in that old case, the justices required property owners to exhaust state court remedies when challenging a takings claim, even if that claim was brought under the federal constitution. Now, challengers say it makes it harder for individuals to challenge takings, and they want to see that, that rule ousted. Now, interestingly, last week, the justices considered whether to overturn a, a decades-old precedent. And there was really some caution among the justices, in particular Justices Breyer, Sotomayor, and even Brett Kavanaugh. And so it'll be interesting to see if they kind of rehash some of those same concerns, looking at when it's appropriate to overturn cases, even when you think it's wrong, or and really what that does to the Supreme Court's reputation. So we'll see if we hear any of those same arguments in Nick. And then the court will wrap out its January sitting with another case out of Tennessee. This one is Tennessee Wine and Spirits Retailers Association versus Blair. And this is a 21st Amendment case. Of course, the 21st Amendment not only repealed prohibition, but it also gave the states the ability to regulate liquor sales. In this case, large retailers, national retailers, are challenging a Tennessee rule that has residency requirements in order to get a liquor license. And they say that not only does it make it harder for them to sell wine and spirits within Tennessee, but it also limits choice for consumers, particularly those trying to get premium wines and spirits. And, you know, Jordan, I don't really like to take sides in a podcast, but I think there are just some issues that really require us to stand up. And this might be one of them. You know, okay. This is pro-prohibition or against it? <laughs> it's like you don't know me at all, Jordan. But seriously, what will we slur to our children if we don't stand up for these, you know, wine choice? That's true. It's a, an important civil rights case. All right. Well, thanks for listening again and be sure to follow the latest Supreme Court news. You can kick back with a glass of wine and liquor or not while you look at news.bloomberglaw.com and be sure to tune in next week. Thanks for listening. Salud.